Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Those are dads that uh, prioritize their physical presence, are engaged emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. The vision for the ministry is to engage dads in raising a godly generation and to to, uh, reinvigorate the church on the fathering front. Uh, We thank you for joining us. Uh, This uh, podcast series, uh, segment three of three, is uh, on adoption. And we're blessed again to have Mr. Brian Stanton uh, with us. Uh, He's an accomplished actor and producer and a great great husband and uh, father. And a blessing to have him in the studio here. Uh, Brian, you've shared your story of uh, your journey through Blank, the first the first production you, uh, you've you written, uh, connecting with your birth mother. And you spoke of a second play that you wrote and produced called At Ghost Kingdom that takes the audience with you on the search for your dad. Uh, we left it where you uh, felt like you'd worked uh, the last angle uh, and through a process of elimination accepted that your biological dad must have passed. Uh, yet something was nudging you that uh, that wasn't necessarily the end of the story. Kind of pick it up from there, if you would. Again, oh. thank you for being here, Brian. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. This is this is great. Uh, yep. So uh, I still didn't know the truth, and I didn't know things for sure. Uh, so I still set out to look for that truth. I just took a different path. And there are all those DNA testing sites uh, right now. <laughs> how long? A, how long a break did you take, or did not, you? Really? Uh, not long. I, I, I mean, I definitely took a breather. And I think the biggest break, Rick, was first j- just not calling anybody and not personally reaching out to people uh, anymore. I just needed to step back from that because. Uh, uh, you know, I felt hum- humiliated at times and embarrassed and, and uh, bothersome and a burden. And I, I just I felt like I really crashed into these people's lives, mm-hmm. even though it still is my right just to know <laughs> it's emotionally exhausting. Sure. And now refresh our memory how much time and we know you connected with your birth mother uh-huh. at 23. 23. Where are you at now? And so uh, I, I guess I began actively searching for my father around 35-ish, okay. something like that. Um, and then now I'm around 40. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 40 years old, you remember that? That was a long time ago. Hey, hey watch out. Uh, so anyway, I, I uh, you know, I noticed all the Ancestry.com, 23andMe, uh, uh, Family Tree DNA, uh, MyHeritage. They're all out there. And you uh, spit in a tube, and then in a, in a week or two, suddenly you know where, where you come from and, and wow. uh, you know, information about... Your uh, your DNA and uh, your genes and uh, your traits, but you also see who you're related to, other people that have done the same test, other people that are in that database. And this whole industry is really uh, just fired up. The, and, uh, yeah, this yeah. this had just started in, firing up. Uh, the first time I went on. About 2015, something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, 14, 15, yeah, is when I did it. And it had been around a few years before that, but not as popular right. as it is now. Now it's really sure, popular. Sure. You're seeing commercials on TV. Um, and, folks, I'm going to make uh, this very long and convoluted, crazy story as 
as as clear and precise and as brief as possible, <laughs> just to avoid confusion, because there are a lot of names and a lot of rabbit holes that you jump down and a lot of trees you bark up. And, and there were many late nights of me barking up the wrong tree on a certain surname or going down a rabbit hole on some other name. And, right. sure, and sure. you just don't know. Sure. Uh, the closest relative that I had that popped up was popped up as a second to third cousin, um, and we were a little confused at first. But later we came together, and he was very open to talking with me. You can send messages to some of these people that that you're related to, whether they respond to you or not, is up to them. It goes back to your intrusive thing. You aren't intrusive because they have the option uh, the option not to respond. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there were two people in particular that helped me on this DNA journey. And the second one in late 2016 popped up as a first cousin. So I had a first cousin and a second to third cousin were my closest. And that's what I had to go off of. And I had to place a relative of theirs that was in Kansas City in 1974 because I was conceived in late April, early May of 1974. And that was the difficult thing. Families are big. Well, uh, some more names started popping up, and I, I had joined four <laughs> DNA, DNA sites. And I was comparing all the names, and I even had a spreadsheet and looking at stuff. And um, again, to make a long story short, some more names were popping up. And I was trying to put the puzzle pieces together. These two angels that I had helped confirm the names and where they came from. And I learned that there was one woman who had been in Kansas City in 1970, or who had been in Sedalia, Missouri. That's right outside of Kansas City, for those of you who aren't familiar. Sedalia, Missouri, and that was the closest to Kansas City in 1974. And that woman had four children, uh, three daughters, and one son. And maybe they can help point you in a direction of who your father is. So I looked him up. I looked up this woman. I found all four of her children um, on uh, online. Uh, in fact, they were all on Facebook. And I, this, so this was in uh, 2020, the very, very beginning of 2020. So there's five years that passed. Yes. Four to five years that passed from yes. when you connected with your angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my. That's, that's how long it took. It, it, it's, it's very, it, it can be overwhelming and, and confusing. That's why I'm trying to keep this as brief and as clear as possible. Okay. But boy, there were a lot of ups and downs and a lot of holes. And like I said, a lot of trees and holes just going up and down and all around. <laughs> Trying to put, put this stuff together. Anyway, uh, I, I was at Facebook. I, I, this is when I decided. And it's been quite a few years and I've done this. I sent that email out again to disturb and disrupt another family. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I sent messages on Facebook to all four of them. Uh, but since we weren't friends, it, it, you know, sometimes a message doesn't pop up or it's hard to find or maybe you have that notification turn off. So I, I was a little, uh, 
I just didn't expect a response. Uh, but the son, the son uh, was running a business and had had a website and had a personal email there. And well, I convinced myself, well, I'm going to go ahead and email the son uh, with the same message that I sent through Facebook. And the son responded uh, the very next morning, right away. And uh, he said, well, I, I know how important uh, Father's presence is in people's lives. Um, I'm happy to help you out. Let's start with the name of your birth mother and we'll go from there. And that was on March 12th. That was in March, correct. Yeah. 2020. That's right. Yeah. In March of 2020. And so I said, okay, here's the deal. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very grateful for anybody who just responds uh, because it can be scary. Not only scary for me, but scary for them as well. And I said, well, my birth mother's name is this. She went to this high school. I was conceived late April, early May of 1974. And I was born in February of 1975 sent out the info. He responded, I knew your birth mother. I went to high school with her and I went on a double date with her late April, early May of 1975. Of 74. Uh, 74. Thank you. Of 1974. And I fell out of my chair. I was like, this is him. This is the man. He's my father. I know it. I know it. And also in that email, he said, I understand there's a test and I'm more than happy to do a test with you and we'll move on from there. Hmm. And I called my wife right away. I was like, I found him. I know it's him. I, 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 it's him. I told her the story. She couldn't believe it. I sent the test out and I don't know, a week later, something like that, five, seven days later, um, the test came back 99.999999%. There's a lot of knives there. (laughs) (laughs) And so I found my father. I found this man. It took several years and it had nothing to do with the rape. It was a completely different story. I believe it happened uh, shortly after uh, the rape. Um, So I am not from the rape. Uh, I am a product of this double date here in late April to May of 1974. And this man is definitely my father, and this man is you, Rick Wirtz. And you are my son, whom I love and with whom I'm well pleased. That was quite, a, quite an exchange, and I want to <laughs> share with everybody that uh, uh, my bride was on the email, the very first email I got from you. I have, the Lord just compelled me to open that email and respond and uh, open the, the dialogue. And uh uh, my bride knew I had uh, been sexually active in high school, and uh, I was a confused kid as well, coming from a divorced home and, uh, you know, on my own from 13 on up, lived a pretty rough uh, childhood. And uh, so that, uh, that's part of my journey, and my bride knew that uh, when we started dating. And uh, my kids were also aware of that. When they went through uh, True Love Waits, I let them know that one of my biggest regrets as a man and uh, when I met my bride that I wanted to marry, that I wasn't pure for her. And uh, and that I wanted to encourage them to absolutely uh, stay chaste uh, until marriage. So this uh, this was quite a curveball, obviously.
obviously. I had no idea because uh, when I learned of, uh, of your birth mother's pregnancy, I actually did call her. And she said that, uh, don't worry, you're not the dad. And uh, that's, uh, that was the way I left it. And I uh, never had any other uh, interaction with her uh, at all. But to find out uh, 46 years later that, uh, that you, are, you are my son, and uh, for us, you know, I uh, I was convicted very quickly to you. You're gracious enough to open your home to me. I came out and visited you, mm-hmm. and uh, we uh, got to meet his uh, lovely daughters that I get to call granddaughters, and uh, just a fabulous family. I, I tip my cap to you for your 20 plus years of marriage to your bride, and uh, for raising such uh, beautiful young girls. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, boy, it's. But what a you know we talked to him uh, during the email. I said I think I made a comment at one point. I hope I can help you uh, get uh, this roller coaster ride to an end. And uh, I think your comment uh, when you shared the paternity results with me was that, uh, well, my roller coaster rides come to an end, but I think I put you on one. Yeah, <laughs> we're on a whole new roller coaster <laughs> now. <laughs> to which I said, well, I think I have to take responsibility for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the journey continues, right? Uh, one journey leads to another, and we're always moving forward. And now we get to move forward with each other, and uh, it's a very special thing. Absolutely. And uh, the journey does continue because uh, my daughter was gracious enough to invite you and your bride to, to her wedding this oh, May. And uh, the opportunity to be uh, together as family, for folks to see us together, uh, to say they, you know, because we did follow the paternity test up also with a DNA test. We right? did. We, we, you got, you joined uh, 23andMe. That's right. And uh, we we uh, have, what we found at the wedding was, everybody was saying, we could have saved you a lot of money on DNA tests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we live, we have the similar characteristics, similar yeah. Uh, yeah. profile, and and what have you. So uh, that's that's always uh, interesting how uh, nature and nurture how it plays out. Yeah, if I may interject real quick, you said nurture, uh, Rick. Well, let me start. I'll tell all of you how fortunate I am as a human being. But uh, Rick said um, when I said uh, it, it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent, you you are my father and. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, well, I love you and I'm proud of you. Hmm. And that just, uh, I, uh, I mean, tears, right? Um, that's what every, every son, every child uh, wants to hear. And so that's the nature side. Now, I, my father was the first one I called, my adoptive father, uh, to share the news with him. And, and he said, well, I'm proud of you. I know what this means to you, and I'm, uh, I'm glad that, uh, that this worked out. Congratulations. And, and so I, I also got to talk to my adoptive father about it. So come full circle, there's the support again from my mother, my adoptive mother, my adoptive father, my birth mother, my wife, your wife, Absolutely. your kids. Every, um, it's, everybody's been very open and willing to engage in, in dialogue and just let's go on this life journey together. It's it's a good life. I also remember the the comment your uh, older daughter Malaya made was uh, uh, the when when she said you called her, and she says I knew he found you, but I wasn't going to steal this thunder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I believe you also asked her, you said, what do you think about having another grandpa? And she said, oh, the more the merrier. I think she's thinking money. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but 
I, I just want to share with everyone that uh, the, the key is, you know, uh, I think uh, Sherman Smith captures it very well. Mm. And, and uh, I think is an ESPN uh, mm. uh, special as well as in uh, Kendrick Brothers' Show Me the Father movie. He says, you know, God can take a mess and make a miracle out of it. And I think uh, that's what's happened here. And uh, I do uh, just applaud your, uh, again, your tenacity, your perseverance, your uh, just steadfastness on this journey, and your willingness to uh, take those body blows, but not, not be knocked down long, but to keep getting up. Wow. And uh, that's, uh, that's a tremendous uh, trait. And uh, I'm sure it served you well so far, and it's going to continue to serve you well. I wouldn't have been able to do it without people like you with the open arms that you've had. So uh, thank you and love you, too. Well, love you. And, uh, folks, I just want to uh, share as we wrap this up that uh, it has been a blessing. It's been a, a very interesting journey. There's always more to the story, and uh, there'll be another chapter somewhere down the road. But uh, hopefully it won't get too much more <laughs> in, uh, involved. But uh, I just uh, remind dads that uh, wherever you are, uh, there are lives that you can touch, whether you're a biological father, adoptive father, uh, father figure. Uh, spiritual father. Just work to always uh, prioritize your physical presence. Be there as often as you can in whatever situation. Engage emotionally and always lead spiritually by example. You know, one thing that I always share, my bride and I, uh, we had an absolute peace uh, brought over us throughout this communication, throughout the email uh, uh, journey, and uh, this was going to be okay. And, uh, and we're blessed by the relationship we have now with, with you and your bride and your lovely girls. And uh, just thank you for that. So, so dads, keep, uh, keep fighting. Thank you, Brian, again for your time. Thank you. This was a treat. What an honor to be here. And what a great experience to share this with you. Well, men, uh, tune in next time to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. God bless. Godspeed. Godspeed.